Hello and welcome to Gender Nebulous episode 20 and we are live on YouTube. It's me, Vicky Hodges, and my lovely co-host over here, Miss Frieda Wallace. I was going to say my own name then in a really oh, dramatic sorry. way. I was like, Miss Okay, let's Frieda. do that again. And my <laughs> lovely co-host over here. Miss Frieda Wallace. That's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? I was like, there's no spontane- spontaneity there Spontaneity. No, and I can't edit it because we're live. Sorry. Anyway. No, that's the thing. See, normally it's really heavily edited. Northern, so yeah, well, yeah, we won't explain I'll why watch. it's hell of heavily edited, but yes, sometimes of, it of, is. Because of my potty mouth, usually. Yes. Um, we have people sending comments already, Frida. Oh, that's Roger. Roger. He's, uh, he was, yeah. Bankton, 1975. Hello, Roger. He's had trouble with his internet this week, so I'm Are glad he's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's on. So today's so, yeah, just... discussion, we were going to talk about something that we've been kind of thinking about in relation to all the nonsense that's going on in Scotland with the gender recognition reforms. So we wanted to talk about agency and autonomy. And I, I guess the question that we're asking is, do transgender people have agency and autonomy over their lives? And we also want to kind of bring in like freedom of expression discussion as well. So this is something that I feel as though we have no agency or autonomy because all the things we have to go through during transition are kind of controlled by cisgendered people um we have pretty much zero control over you know some of the most simple things like getting a new nhs number changing your driving license there's all these additional processes that are applied just to trans people um and it's all to do with like getting a note from your doctor and you know, have you yeah. got a medical report and et cetera, et cetera. So well, everything has to sort of be sanctioned by yeah. an authority figure. So you you your sort of life choices, uh well, not just choices. I'm not saying it's like that's a choice, but you know, if you cha- if you choose to change your name, that becomes a situation where somebody in authority has to rubber stamp it for you. Yeah, but Which why? I, I, I understand why you know in a, in, a, in a legal sense you know because you know you, you when it when it comes down to your identity that is it, it's a signifier in a legal sense so but but there are a lot of other things like um, certain access to certain healthcare like obviously a lot of trans people are on hormone treatment and you have to cuz I think one of the main problems is for me it comes under psychiatric care like mental health and 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 you you kind of screened for that it's like you know um you're given counseling as but but the main distress and the the reason it, i think you could say that mental health issues are involved because of the stress of being trans itself it's not it's like yeah, exactly the the, the condi- it, you know as a medical condition if you formalize formalize it that way but it's not really a problem it becomes a problem because we you know the the hurdles you've got to jump over to get to where you want to be, and the that initial thing of going to the doctor and saying, "Oh, you know, I've had, I've been feeling, you know, I'm not not happy about this and that." That can be a really big and a big step. And if you hit, you can hit a a dead end straight away if you don't have an understanding GP, or if you don't have somebody that you feel like you're being listened to. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just let's just start with like the what is the definition of agency? I mean, I looked it up in the dictionary and the dictionary definition is free will, the ability to take action or to choose what action to take. And the definition of autonomy, the ability to make your own decisions without being controlled by anybody else. So, you know, those are the, those are the dictionary definitions of those two words. And if you if you, you know, let's just start. I've got a list of things here that we have to go through. So let's just start with the first one, like healthcare provision. Um, unless you can afford to go private, you know, you kind of you you you're stuck in this GIC system. Mm. Um, it's very much a a postcode lottery. You know, it's a different for every area in the country. There's a different length of waiting period. Mm. You know, some are years long, some are not as many years long, but they're all. I think we're quite long. lucky. We're quite lucky, lucky because we got into the one in Manchester. I mean, I say lucky. You shouldn't. You shouldn't think of it like that. Right? You shouldn't be. Oh, thank you that something's actually working. But it, no, well, it, exactly. It you know, we've just seen is, in the courts a... recently this case around. You know, the NHS is supposed to provide service within eighteen weeks for this, and mm. that case was lost yeah. on some technicality around it not being an actual um, 
requirement. I think that's what the that's the excuse they used. But you know, it's being it's being challenged. Um, yeah, well, it has to be challenged. I mean, just yeah. because you don't win, the winning isn't necessarily the the end. Because like, if you, if nobody says anything. And it's just, it becomes like, oh, well, it's like sometimes the argument for going private, like say, oh, like, yeah, you can afford it, go private. And then it relieves the the wait times for other people. But sometimes if you disappear from NHS statistics, if you go private, you're not putting pressure on the NHS. If, if Even if you can afford to go private, you're still going to need some NHS at some point. You know what I mean? Because... You don't ever completely disappear from the NHS system. So so yeah. when people say, oh, I can go private, I can afford to do it this way, I can afford the hormones, you know, fine. You can, there, are, there are a couple of services you can use to... Yeah, I mean, you can it. pretty much do everything private, including any surgeries you want to have. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's not cheap. It's very expensive. But I actually, even, even if I could afford, like I say, if I had the money to just go straight ahead and do what I wanted to do, I'd still want to be an NHS patient. Because I think being part of that statistic of because if you disappear from statistics, they don't know how many trans people are seeking care and seeking help. So if you can say like if there is um a way to measure the waiting list in a realistic way, then that's but but then again, you know, the argument is that why take up a space on a waiting list when you can just go and pay for it? So yeah, well, that, but you know, then then all 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 the kind of things that you're looking for when you're in that GIC system, you know, hormone treatment, hair removal, voice coaching, GRS, you know, all those things. I feel as though I don't have any, I don't have any, you know, agency or in autonomy in well that in requesting yeah. those things because every single thing that you ask for, it's kind of like you've got to you've got to pass the pass the test at the set. You know, you've you've got to meet the meet the criteria they want. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it feels as though we're being gate, you know, there's gatekeepers at every single step. Well, I had to wait quite a while before I got any kind of NHS because I was paying for like hair removal myself. Mm. Well, I've done that too because uh, you know I could afford that, so I thought, why wait? You know, let's get on with it. I mean, the but, the, the most affordable part of going private is you know, you to get your kind of initial assessment with a private place and maybe get started with hormones i mean it's not cheap but it's yeah. the most affordable I part should, of it I mean, I you know when you when you start this. looking at hair removal that's expensive unless you mm -hmm. can find someone who's doing it within the community and then surgery I, is just you know off the chart well i was just very disappointed to learn that hair extensions are not <laughs> included in the nhs treatment and I, and uh, lipstick's expensive do you know what i mean it's mm. like people don't think about this kind of thing I, I want a prescription for the mac counter you know what i mean <laughs> well you could ask see what they say <laughs> next time you speak to uh, your gic ask them if they'll give you a prescription for makeup yeah. they'll well, yeah, they should you, know, do. you could ask you know and then the, you think about the, the things... amount of money i've spent all, over the years yeah i mean yeah. you know have, have you did you go through the process of getting a new nhs number have you tried that one yeah yeah, yeah. so that that's... even that's not straightforward um most most uh, GP surgeries don't even know about the process I mean what you can do if you are trans and you want to get your records changed at your GP there, there is a process and it's it's part of it's, it's on a website which is pcse.england.nhs.uk patient patient registrations and there's, a, there's yeah. a process in there where they they spell out in lots of kind of detail what the GP surgery is supposed to do to create you a new NHS number and transfer all your information from the old file to the new well, that, file, and you get a new number. Easy, actually, a lot of me. people don't know about it, and it, I well, don't. I, th I think all you need is just to to do that. You just need a depot. So that's fairly straightforward and easy. You see, I I know I keep saying lucky, and and perhaps a sh it's not luck. So it should be really. But I've been very lucky in the GPs that I've had because when I first. I say first, but this was like when I came out and changed my name three years ago, nearly now, the GP that I saw, because I was building it up to be something that I've got. I, w I was sort of practicing what I was going to say. I was going to mm. say, you know, pretending I was sat in the doctor, right? Yeah. Feeling like that. 
But she, I just said what I wanted, and she was like, yeah, yeah, we'll get you in touch with the gender clinic, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a five-minute appointment. Did they do the NHS number change for you? Not then, because that was just my initial kind of right. me saying I need to speak to a yeah. gender psychologist. But the thing with me, my my journey has been quite a long one because I, I tried to come out when I was six, 17, 18, and my mum took me to what was then a child psychiatrist because there wasn't there was no gender clinic in Bolton or Manchester. There was no. it didn't exist. The nearest one was in London at Charing Cross or something. And so the only person that I could see was a, a, a psychiatrist who was a general kind of teenager psychiatrist or something like that. I don't know. And it was just really scary at the time. And I, and 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 that the difference with one of the reasons it put me off seeking help for so long is that bad experience that mm. I had when I was in my teens. Yeah. But when I saw this new doc, because she was quite a young doctor, she she was on the ball. She knew exactly what I was talking about. She just looked at me and she was like, "Yeah, we'll get you signed up with a gender clinic. You might have to wait a, a yeah. year and a half." She t- she was realistic about how long I would have to wait, but it, it felt like it that was enough you know just the fact that somebody had put me in touch with somebody yeah i mean my my gp the gp i had at the time was you know very similar they were very you know keen to make sure that the referral was done and she pretty much called me the same night after i've been in and said i've done it It, and you know i've put in your you know your referral i mean that side of things were great but when it came to updating the nhs number they didn't have a clue what to do i had to go i as the patient have to go and find this process and give them the information and and basically show the show the gp surgery how to do it i mean i shouldn't have to do that it's like i just uh, you know, I just uh, want to uh, say hello to rebecca in the chat yeah hi, rebecca. we've got we've got some total of two people talking to us that's <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we talk i mean and rebecca's in the u.s so we're talking about the nhs and i don't i mean i don't know what it's like in the u.s like to see seeking kind of any help with this kind of thing because i should imagine it depends on what state you're in and and if you know it, what the league what the political situation is in that particular state because i know there are states now where they're trying to ban any kind of trans healthcare or trans pathway. So, I mean, that that is something that I would fight tooth and nail for. If that was changed in the UK where they were trying to change, you know, the age at which you could, you know, get get referred to a gender clinic and things like that. But you see these the turfs, the, that's what they want. They don't well, that's want what they're any, trying to do. In, in, well, they, the, they, what, yeah, what the, what the gender crits are trying to do. They don't believe trans is a real condition. They just think we're just deluded men. And that's it. That's the only way they can see it. And uh, it's like, you know, and and there's nothing you can say to convince these people of how you feel about yourself or what that internal monologue is inside of you that is uh, that doesn't align with your body or whatever. You know, it, I mean, it, that, even saying that, it's not even that for me. It's just, it's just to do with how I am socially and how I relate to people. And I just don't know any different than how mm. I am. So when I was identifying male, I was anxious and I knew there was something I wasn't expressing. And that that's how I know this is right, because it's just it's as simple as being able to breathe and being able to relax and be able to relax around people, be a social being, be a be effective in the workplace, uh, be effective yeah. in a in a you know, in a social way. And that, that's all it matters to me. Not so, you know, about... th- these things that we're talking about, these things that we, you know, these little processes we have to go through. I mean, you could in a way say that this is self-ID because we, we choose to go and do these, which is, mm. I guess is true, but they when are heavily, choose, they have, they're have heavily to... gatekept. Yeah. But you have to be careful when you say choice. Cause no, like, but you choose people... to, you choose to update your driving license, don't you? Well, yeah, you choose yeah, to go and tell your doctor you need to get a referral to a GIC. Those are like choices. Well, I was, I was, but it's, say, it's a like, choice based on something that you internally they, they need cho- to do. You know, they are choices, but like it, it sounds really silly. But when I, it's got like you don't my, have a choice, but it's a choice at the same time. <laughs> when I got my passport, and yeah, and I saw my picture, and it said Frida female. That mm. felt, I mean, it felt good. It, it's it felt good because it, even though it 
it's just a document. It's like the government. It's like, what does that matter, really? But that's the world we live in. We live in a world of legal realities. And that's why we I, we have identification. That's why ID matters. It's like, you know, the idea of the self is not just one thing. It's that we've got, we've got a, a kind of, you know, social self. We have a political self. And we have that legal self, and mm. they've all got to align. Because if because like when I when I used to, when I, before I came out, I was living a kind of weekend lifestyle where I would go off into Manchester and spend all weekend in Manchester, basically being freeder. And then when I came back on a Monday, I'd have to put compartmentalize that. Put freeder back in the cupboard. Yeah, kind of, and yeah. and that was mentally damaging. It's not it's not sustainable to pretend or to cut off that express now now that i will admit when i was doing that in manchester and going out and clubbing that was a very extreme version it was like a hyper real kind of version of myself because i was doing like proper make you know extreme makeup and, and but it was like a, a freedom of expression thing hmm. but that's why it's not sustainable so i had to sort of think of a way to be myself in in a realistic way in a that's realistic way all the time yeah, because that's the world, the real world we navigate. Like yeah, when we go to yeah. work, we 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 have to be a so a different kind of social be it's called like code switching, isn't it? So like the way I am with my parents or my family is different than the way I am with my friends. And the way mm. different that I'm different with my friends and the way I am with people at work. And it's not that we're different personalities, it's just that we have these this mechanism inside our brains that knows there's a different way to behave in certain situations unless you're completely barmy and you just don't get any of that. And there are people like that, and I'm sure we've all met them. But most no people... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can be a bit... I can forget what, what where the hell I am. So Rebecca's uh, posted a couple of uh, messages. There. I'll just read them out. Um, it's by state, but also whether it whether it's uh, rural or urban. Cities have diverse resources. Rural communities don't. General health care is poor and expensive. Many can't afford general health. Uh, many are on their own uh, and yeah. reach out for support and info over social media. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think it's very much dependent on where you are, what your circumstances are. Yeah. And it's so weird that, that, that something that is like, I, I, I made a, a thing on Twitter, an update, and I was kind of joking. I was saying in my world, if I was running for a political party, my my policy would be that when you're born, everybody is non-binary. You don't have a gender marker, right? Now that yeah, sounds non, like a non-defined, real, non-defined. That yet. sounds that sounds like a really radical idea, because because doctors just look at penises and look at vaginas and go girl boy. Well, they, but the, the doctors but, like to categorize, don't they? They like to categorize but, based on what they think. Well, exactly, is because a that, good that's idea. the science. That's the scientific, the scientific way. Thing, yeah. Because you need to have names for things, but within a binary paradigm, that is too simple. It's too simplistic to say. Well, you can you can say based on what you see, and then with the caveat that you, know, you can change it later if you want, you know, without yeah, going through well, all kinds of nonsense processes. So, as an experiment, it's it's not really an experiment you could do, but if if there was a way to do that experiment where all babies were just suddenly not categorized as male and female, how many of those babies would we'd would align with the gender mm. they're ascribed? Because I'm I'm pretty sure based you on You mean if there wasn't know, so much pressure to not yeah, be allowed could, to do it. It's not about clothing. It's not about how you 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 necessarily um you know express yourself. It's just something fundamental about that that physical physicality versus your psych psychology mm. so and then you've got the missing link there with the endocrinology side of it i think that's the missing link between the physical what people call basic biology although there's no such thing as basic biology really because like the more you look through a microscope you don't get answers you just get more questions that's how science works you know the more people it's like when people look out into space and they, the further they look and they, they're just like, we, we've got to the end of the universe now, what do we do? But right, going off yeah, a bit of a tangent. There. You are. <laughs> um, but the, the idea that, you know, that the doctors will just, it's too simplistic to have yeah. ma male and female. I mean, I understand that works. It seems to work in most societies. I mean, that, but... would, that would be okay to do that 
providing there was a really simple way of changing it later and you didn't have to go through mm. all this complicated process and legalities you know yeah, that, the... that's my complaint of the system how you know how much it's controlled so you know, if we just go back to our list of things you have to do driving license i'm sure you've done yours frida that was probably one of the first things you did well i had to yeah for because yeah. of work so. i mean that's that's really easy because all you need for to change a driving license name and gender is um a deed poll, a statutory declaration, or a GRC. Now, most of us at that stage wouldn't have a GRC and probably do didn't you, have a stat- statutory declaration, but you would have done a deed poll. Do you remember so, that um, car insurance thing called Sheila's Wheels? Sheila's and apparently Wheels. Apparently, you, you could get cheaper car insurance if you're a lady because ladies have less <laughs> accidents. And I was like, well, this this is the flaw in this policy because um, I'm if I identify as female now, you have, yeah, you owe me about money on your car you owe me about five years back paying car insurance. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> car insurance was was the in my in my experience was the easiest thing to do. All I did uh, was call them up and say, I've changed my name, I've changed my gender on the phone. They didn't want a depot. They said, okay, no problem, we'll change it. Just like that. Yeah, most things are like that. Most things so are easy. like that. I mean, it, one of the weirdest things I had was uh, my phone company, my, my phone provider. And uh, I told them repeatedly. And every so often I'd get a text and it'd say, Dear Mr. Frieda. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know, it's, like it's, it's not nice, but I mean, I thought that was hilarious. Being yeah, called Mr., Mr. Mr. Victoria Hodges. Mr. Yeah, like, Mr. Frieda. Did you actually read the envelope before you sent it? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. So the, ne- the next thing on the list is the passport. So this is a little harder. Um, you, you still don't need to have a GRC to change passport. You can, you don't, well, what, they, what they're asking for is a GRC, a new birth certificate or a letter from your doctor, um, yeah, this- a poll, and some evidence that you've used your name. So it's a little harder than the driving license because a passport yes. is kind of like primary ID. But, yeah. you know, again, most people, ID. when they're doing this, they won't have a GRC. They won't have the new birth certificate at that point. So it's based on a letter from your doctor. So, you know, the gatekeeping for getting a passport is, again, it's going back to that medical thing. You need proof from your doctor. Now, what, what is your doctor saying in that letter? Is well, it, what, yeah, this person is trans and it's okay to give them a passport. I mean, there's, well, no, there's saying... no relationship between having a passport and being having some medical. No, no. They they have Edition. to know. It's, it's weird. Why is it? Why likely. a doctor? Why not somebody else? Why not a solicitor, for example? Well, it's just that it's just that rubber stamping in it. That authority figure that can say this is this person is genuinely trans or whatever. You yeah, but what does it. that matter in the really in in terms of having a passport, which is basically a document to say that this person is this citizenship from this country? What does it matter what gender you are? Well, it doesn't. Or really. if you're trans, I mean, if what... you're trans, it has no it has no bearing at all. But what if you're non-binary and you identify as non-binary? Well, yeah, I mean, UK passports, you can't do that. Other countries, you can have an, you can have an X marker, you can have no marker for your, for your sex. I mean, other countries do it's, that. It, it's just because we're so used to... There's no legal reason, really. There's no, no like actual real-world reason. Just if, there was, if you were to ask them to justify why you want a doctor's letter to change your passport name and gender, I mean, yeah. well, what's, the, what's the answer? Is there something... Is there some reason why that needs to be done via a doctor's yeah. letter? It's, it's, well, it's I just, find that really weird. It's like, it's like it's gatekeeping just, that you just don't need. Well, it's just this whole legal bureaucracy, isn't it? And, and it goes back to, you know, these things go back years and years. They're like archaic, some of these, uh, the laws on the statute books, you know, to do with to do with identity <clears> and um, identity <throat> fraud or whatever. But, yeah. Um, but, so, but this is this has yeah. just reminded me of how much bureaucracy is involved. I I haven't even applied for gender recognition yet because it just I just haven't got. And, and to I don't know this. why you've not done it. You've not done it because you look at the process and you think, wow, that's 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 such a pain in the neck to do. Yeah. A lot of people, the, just the thought of doing that process puts a lot of people off because it's, you know, it's complicated. It's difficult. There's a lot of there's a lot of steps to it. There's a lot of pre- like prerequisites to it. And I understand why people are put off by it because it's it's very intrusive, you know. And there's that kind of thought in the back of your mind that why do I need to go through this bullshit to yeah. to prove who I am to a to a yeah. faceless panel who don't you don't even know me? All I want to do is change this document. I've changed all these others. 
Well, why is, can't I change this birth certificate? It's like, well, this, just let me change it. You know, why complicate why my life? A, this is why it's, it, the argument for self-ID is, is simple, because at the moment, like when we do send all this stuff off to the government, they're not they're not going through everything and going, is this person a real a real person or, or are they really trans? They're not, they're not, they can't even think like that. All they've got to, all they've got to know is you've got all the bits that they request. And it's just a box ticking exercise. Yeah, so, so why do you need why do you need a panel of people to to review you know what you've done? I mean, if you when you send off for a, a passport, does your passport go through a, a, a panel of people to make okay now let's <laughs> just check this uh, Victorian hundreds? Is she is she a suitable person for a passport? Yeah. They don't do that. But why do they do that when you want to change a birth certificate? It's like it's just beyond my comprehension. So, yeah. you know, we know that the UK current system which is applicable in all parts of the UK. Um, Scotland have tried to change it, but haven't quite got there yet. But, you know, the the GRC process, a two-year waiting period. Now, what the hell is that about? Why do you have to wait two years? Because by the point, by the point where you're actually applying for GRC, you've probably already been waiting for the GIC for mm. two or three years. Or, yeah. you know, you've probably already been through all kinds of process update, document updates before you even get to that point. So why do you then need to have this, like they're imposing this two-year period, which I think originally was supposed to be a, a test to see if you could be successful in your new gender. I mean, it's so ridiculous. But how do you test that? I mean, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, how do you fail that test? It's, it's it's not like a driving test where somebody takes know, you like, out. After, okay, after, it's like you have to go to a test centre to prove that you're trans or something i don't know it's weird. Yeah, i think i think i think what they're doing really is they're, they're looking at it from a psychological point of view and saying are you is this person comfortable are they happy are they you know are they realistically adjusted into this mm. you know because the doctor like when they psych gender psychiatrists or whatever they are that's what they're looking for they, they, they're not looking to there's no test for how a woman should behave or how, <laughs> what, or what a woman is it's just whether somebody is adjusting and... But who came up but, with but, two years? But, but, two but years. Either, yeah, you. because it's just gatekeeping. But it could it, it doesn't even come down to that because there could be a lot of reasons in somebody's life why they're not happy. And it, and the trans bit might not be. It might... Because people have lots of underlying mental health issues. And, and, like, for some people, I know this happens. Like, people that have had, you know, like, bipolar disorders and stuff, they don't have a cat in hell's chance of going down this route because they it's not that the doctors will stop them it's just because they have a record where the doctor will be very nervous about prescribing or they might be nervous about ticking that box to say yeah this person can have a gender recognition certificate and that is a stigma but we, we understand why it, why it happens because the, the 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 main problem is that gender binary it's like you you have to be one or the other and yeah. and then you know unless you unless you have always expressed a kind of androgyny throughout your life and then they that, that's also on your medical records that like say if you've seen psychiatrists previously and they that's how they know you but it's like because a lot of the time the first time you're ever going to see a therapist is as a trans person is when you start talking about being trans or want to change in your gender so they've already got they don't really have a history of you whereas if you did have a mental health history before that then they'll they do judge you on that because i know that happens because like you, you'll people's medical notes will will have indicators about mm. what they've been prescribed in the past maybe and that and and it's you know i just i just get really nervous about that you know, can be used that, against you in this, yeah, not in this used, situation. I mean, it can be used to say, look, you, you've got to be careful with this person because, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I understand why they do it. And I can see there could be a case for like trying to steer, not, you know, steer certain people away from, you know, in situations that could make them more vulnerable. But yeah, but I'm not, I'm not aware of any it, other countries who have but I, kind I of similar imagine. gender recognition processes where they have to, where they put you through a two year wait period. Exactly. I don't think there are yes. any other countries that do that. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's it's kind of... Bureaucracy. The, the medical profession is, it's like when it, when it comes down to medication, so like that. So what they're saying is that you know, you're a trans person and you don't, you, you know nothing about yourself. 
you know, you know, we're the experts. We're going to tell you everything. It's all based on what we agree and allow you to do. You know, no yeah. agency, no autonomy, as we said at the beginning of the of the um, the show. You know, it's all stripped away from you in that process. You, you yeah, also need to I... get two medical reports. One isn't good enough. You have to have two. So one from your GP to say what they're prescribing and one from the, I guess, from the gender recognition, um, the GIC people, I, I guess it's the psychiatrist or the doctor that's, you, you, that's looking at your case. They have to provide the other letter and that has kind of the... Um, you know, all the details around the gender dysphoria um, stuff, you know. Yeah. So, you know, just, can could I, that not just be one one medical report? Do we really need the can second I one? I, I'm listening, but I, can I just stop you there just to say hello to Jonah? Sure. Because my friend Jonah has just put Hail Satan, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Dunham, right, uh, Dunham Red had a comment there as well. The more senior applicants in this process could die before they even reached the the end of the ridiculous process. It happened to a friend of theirs. You know, we're not all spring chickens. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um. So I'm oh, sorry about that. I've lost where we're up to with the. Uh... Well, you know, so... we're just talking about the medical reports, and you know, why do we yeah. need to? Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand, like in a sort. I mean, of what? Medical... Let's let's just have one, and it it just gives you the brief details that you need to know. I mean. Yeah, we don't need to have two. That's ridiculous, and it doesn't need to be. It... it doesn't need to come from, you know, the GIC process, which takes several years to get to that stage where you can even get that report. So this two-year waiting period is kind of a, a moot point because to actually get to the point where you can get that report, you may have had to wait three or four years anyway. So mm. you know, it's just it's ridiculous. It's totally but ridiculous. all this all this stuff exists because so people can have a gender recognition certificate, right? So so yeah. everything else you could just go and do privately. Yeah. yeah. Or you, you, it's you're just not this, gonna be it's this gender recognition certificate, which and the only purpose of this gender recognition certificate is so you can go and get a new birth certificate. So it's not it's so not can... like you do anything with a gender recognition certificate other than use it to get a new birth certificate. I mean it's Crazy so you can you can understand why people are scared and nervous because all all of a sudden it's all that heavily that, all that all that policing of people uh, and an understanding of the understanding they have of trans people is like the the medical profession is dealing with it but actually no it's not about that it's about people's as you say autonomy yeah and and you don't you can be completely you can be a trans person be completely out as trans and never ever have a medical intervention at all yeah. that's that that's just not necessary and I mean, all these all these things we're talking about you could be denied because the medics don't agree with you yeah exactly so you're always going to be living i mean you can always just live as the person you're just never going to change you're always going to be the person you are whether you uh come to terms with it or not but yeah so I've not I've not finished on the GRC list here. There's you know we've done the two year period, oh, right. the medical I reports. I thought we'd come to the end of the that. statutory declaration, which is the easy bit. It sounds that sounds like the hard bit, but that's actually the easy bit. That's just a form you fill in, and somebody witnesses it, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Like, hello, that's kind of obvious. And then yeah. you know you, they want a bunch of evidence based on the two year period to prove that you've been using your name, that you've been living in role, blah blah blah. You know, so that whole thing is extremely difficult. It's very tightly controlled and it's, you know, it's gate gatekeepers at every step. So, you know, one of the things that you can't do until you've been through that is change anything related to your, your taxes and your, your gender marker on your tax. You can change your name. You can change, um, you know, all your details. But you can't change your gender marker until you've got the gender recognition certificate. That's weird, isn't it? It is weird. So then that's then sent off to the tax office. The tax office updates their records and informs your employer. Um, You know, Mm. that's bizarre. Yeah, it's so weird because in every other way, you know. know, So something to do with taxes is like the government can't handle you changing your gender. And again, they don't support non-binary people at all. That's not that that's just, not allowed. It's not doesn't exist in the UK system. It just goes to show, doesn't it, where the power lies in law. Yeah, and it comes it comes down to bloody tax <laughs> money, which is bo- boring. <laughs> so so and yeah. whilst whilst you're doing all this stuff, you know, most people who work, they're also having to go through a process at work 
called, I mean, most most companies that I know of who do this, they offer what's called a transitioning at work process. So yeah. this is where you have to go and approach your HR department and go through pretty much all the little processes they have in the in in the work environment for updating all your details, updating all your IT stuff, any accounts you have. Like it, it took me the good part of probably seven months to update all my stuff at work. And there's still things oh, that right. pop up this day today, you know, several years later where that's not been changed because so-and-so didn't do something in IT. And we you know, there's some IT system that's still carrying the old information that's not been updated. I mean, it just it's just never ending. It's it's and you can't that's... you can't update your tax records at work again until you've got this GRC and HMRC have been involved, and then you can update your tax records. Do you know what? That no. sounds really, really fucking boring. <laughs> it is boring, but it's that's that is how that is how stupid this whole damn system is. Well, I mean, it's I think because. I mean, obviously, I work for the NHS, so everything's kind of centralised. So if you change your name on one thing, it kind of, you know what I mean? It's very, you know. Well, I mean, the company I work for, you know, we have overseas customers and we use their systems. So their systems, are, you know, in the the US have to be updated. So, you know, try telling some company in Texas that, by the way, Vicky wants a details changing from uh, Mm. male to female. You imagine how difficult that is and how long that takes. You know, yes. oh, we're not doing that. Oh. Okay, well. So, I mean, these are these are sort of things. So, yeah, I mean. I, all kinds of, but, like, stupid things like that. Yeah, but, but I think mine's been pretty simple because, I don't know. But and not everybody the, the, does all these things. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to do all these things. A lot of people only choose to do certain things and that, they're happy with that. That's fine. Well, like I said, that none of this changes anything about your actual transness or no. whatever it is this that is makes the bureaucracy that goes with it. It's it's like you, this is one of the problems that people have with the self ID law and the, 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 what's been in the news this week about the GRA GR gender recognition reform, mm. and they think that they think that suddenly this this allows people to be trans or allows people to be female that would have been that that doesn't matter that would that the same it's not going to create more trans people it might make the process easier so you might show up on statistics it doesn't mean there are actually more of us in the world do you know what i mean it's like i, was yeah, talking, I think i think someone's thinks we've opened a trans factory somewhere and we're making humans i don't know yeah yeah but it, it just means that that we will show up in statistics more especially one of the reasons people who are anti-trans don't like it is because we'll show up in crime statistics because like when people are attacked and when people are, are abused or whatever it is a lot of people, trans women who won't be fully out or won't have a GRC or the re- crimes will be recorded as male and yeah. they don't show and up vice and versa they're... of course yeah, of course. Yeah. So so that is an issue for, to do with statistics. Now, we do, unfortunately, live in that world of numbers and statistics. So it matters. And it's really boring, you know, to, talking it about is. all this bureaucracy. This is like the, is. Of the we, you know, boring... thing. One of the things we were supposed to talk about in the last podcast was the census. And we kind of skipped it for some reason. I don't know. But it turns out that the 2021 census, there's, there's 48,000 trans women and 48,000 trans men in the UK out of a total of... 262,000 people who identify as, you know, either trans or yeah. non-binary or didn't define what it was exactly, but said they weren't the same as their, you know, assigned sex at birth. So 262,000 people is all it so is, is inc- in, yeah, the, in the whole of the lot. UK. It's not a lot. Yeah. It's a tiny, tiny percentage. I think it's, is it 0.5 or less than that? I don't know, but it's, yeah, it's, we're not, we're not even talking about a lot of people. So, no, and a lot of those even if you people, allow them all to do it, if you allowed every single one of those people to change their ID, change their you know get a GRC, it would make absolutely no difference to anybody's lives at all, except those people would be treated with more dignity and respect. You know, yeah, yeah, it just makes our lives easier. It just makes yeah. it. It just it's just less forms to fill in. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, that's it really. That's what it comes down to. You know, and then all, all this right. all this nonsense with with what's been going on in Scotland. If you actually step back a little bit and go and look at, like, let's go and look at a country that is renowned for its kind of how they do this properly. So, I'm half Canadian, 
So my my Canadian self thought, oh, I'm going to go and look at the Canadian process. Mm. So the Canadian process, they used they used to have, I think, up until 2020, um, they used to require people to have had surgery before they would allow this to, to be done. But that was challenged, and it was changed. So the rules today are: there's an application form you have to fill in, obviously, and a fee. Yeah. That's okay. I agree with those, both those things. There's a statutory de- declaration required and a letter from a from a doctor so i don't really understand why you need a statutory declaration for these things maybe it's some kind of legal requirement above and beyond just signing a normal form i don't really know um but you know you in my view you could get rid of that because you're signing a form and the form is countersigned by somebody you know in a kind of like a like a lawyer or a doctor or something anyway so you, you could say that the stat deck is kind of above what you actually really need I think letter what it, what from it is your doctor when... again it's that medical thing they've they've still got that going on but i think it's really easy in canada to go and do that it's, you don't have to you're not waiting several years to get a letter from a gi city because they don't really have those over there it's done through you know just your normal doctor um the process is interesting because it also has you know you can also there's a process within it for people under the age of 17 as long as they have parental um approval so that's children are covered um there's an option to have an x on your birth certificate if you wish and there's also an option to have nothing Mm. so you know the whole thing is done in six to eight weeks costs 60 canadian dollars which is about 30 40 pounds and you you know you've got none of this grc nonsense you have to get a certificate you've got no waiting periods Mm. and you've got no panel that you have to that your application has to go through so you know, much better system. If they can do that in Canada, that has a population yeah. of approaching thirty million, why can't they do it in Scotland? Why can't they do it in England? Why can't they do well, it in Wales? They, well, they are they are making progress in in, in a lot. But if you look at where they do have self ID and they do have a simpler system, it tends to be there's a lot of countries that, like Germany and Spain have just gone through that process and. Mm. You know, they've got a very simple, I don't know if it's what we would call self-ID, but it's very sort of like your Canadian version that you mentioned. I think it's more like that. So, yeah, yeah. you know, but it, the the way it's portrayed in this country is like, it's like a complete panic. Like, oh my God, you can't have, you can't do, you know, there's so many lobby groups and people against us that, that are always in the media. That's why I've been going on the telly. And talking about it because I just like I've heard so much nonsense talked about it that I think right I've got at least I can go in there and with the facts you know and and actually speak as a trans person and say look this is what I've experienced and this is my point of view because most of the other opinions are coming from lobby groups and people that want to scare people for for whatever nefarious reasons I think with the Scottish thing I think there's a lot riding on that Scottish independence thing and I think there's a that those two things yeah it's, it's, and it's definitely tied in with that isn't it and there's the wrangling in westminster you know with the various you know like when you look at the state of uk politics at the moment i can't tell the difference between the labor party and the conservative party or you no. know you see, it's, it's, you see at the moment it's red conservatives or blue everything so there it? are people on the fringes that i that i respect but i just i don't know i've lost all faith in yeah, that as a as a as a possible way to change things. And like when you see Nicola Sturgeon, she seems like a sort of beacon of hope. You know, yeah. Can we can we have the SNP in charge of the whole of the United <laughs> Kingdom? I mean, that would be that would be better, wouldn't and it? And they've got the amazing Mary Black. Yeah, she's amazing. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, so we, we have a we different... have a, an interesting comment from Sarah Warner. She's saying uh, British people are not allowed to step back. And look at the international context. The media simply don't report on what's going on in other countries. I mean, that is so true. Mm. You know, we, we're never well, allowed see to it. see how easy it is in these other countries to do what we're trying to do. It's not reported well, on because no, they don't want you to know that. That would be, that come, you know, that would be dangerous to let the English people know. It's easy, you know, it's being done overseas. Well, there's a sort of arrogance to that, isn't there? There's that, it's that arrogance of that British exceptionalism yeah. that we know best. Absolutely. We put our mark on the world through the yeah. empire. It's like no, yeah. you know, it's, with the empire, it's all, all over. You know, Britain sunk. That, that ship sunk. That with ship Brexit. sank a long time ago. That's a, that is a that is a, a a strain of this actually that I'm interested it in is. because it like is. Pe- 
people are frightened. What about the religious influence in all this as well, you know, in the House of Lords? I mean, that's that has to have an effect. Your bonkers baronesses going on. There's all all these, you know, this British, we're British, we don't do those kind of kind of things. A lot of the people that are against, a lot of the people that, like, we, we spoke about lobby groups and things like that, and we know where it's coming from. But a lot of them get a lot of funding from Christian uh, groups. And, you know, they, uh, have you heard of Miriam Cates? Yes. She, yeah. She was the one speaking in the House of Commons last, this week. Mm-hmm. And she was, she, see, her complaint is I was shouted down by the men in the room as if it's like, this is not, you weren't shouted down by just men. You were shouted down because what you're saying is rubbish. And um, so, so they're using this idea that I'm the woman and women need to have their voices. So, no, it's not women's voices. It's you, your voice is the exclusionary, backward-looking voice. Yeah, that's what they're shouting down. It's what you're and saying. What, it's not who you are. And it's like as soon as you get the slightest bit of passion in the House of Commons now, as soon as there's anybody that's got the slightest bit of backbone, and 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 you get the impression that they care about what they say, it's like no down with that you know let's not like we can't be having that you know you can't be having people with any kind of conviction you can't be having people with agency and and autonomy yeah because it stands out now because it's so we're not used to it so when when somebody's when somebody is really you know frustrated and and you can tell they're actually speaking from even it, it doesn't matter if what they're saying is right or wrong it's just the fact that they care about what they're saying it's 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 kind of a shock because it's so rare because we, we like if you, I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of House of Commons debates, I'll admit, but when you just plod on, don't they? It's like, you're like, shoot me now, you know. It's like, but when, when, when there is a good argument in Parliament, when there is, it's like, it's sort of a, it, it gets you going and it makes you, gives you, it, it brings your faith back into humanity that people actually do care about politics. So to see somebody actually shouting in the room is good. You shout back, you know, don't don't go, oh, no, 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 please don't shout at me. No, just get shouting back and we'll see who wins. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying that everybody should just fight and shout and ball in the House of Commons, but I like, well, did, I like Did you notice when you know when this was going through the Scottish uh, Parliament, did you notice how calm and collected the Scottish Parliament was? Everybody took it in turns to speak. Yeah, there was there was a bit of shouting going on in the public gallery, but the the politicians yeah. on the floor, everything was done in a very orderly way. And I was well, I was notice. comparing I was comparing that to what would happen in the you know Westminster parliamentary see Westminster totally different like a bunch of animals in, in Westminster. This and is the grown thing ups with... in Scotland, you know. This is <laughs> what is going on. Right. Now this is the thing with Westminster. The way it's built, it's like it looks like all those buildings, those oldie worldy buildings that look Knock like them all down. Were... They look like Hogwarts and they look like public schools. Those men are used to being in those kind of buildings. Those, they're kind of like, and they feel like entitled to be there because all their institutions look like that. Now, if you look at the Scottish Parliament, if you look at the European Parliament, they're very modern buildings. Modern building with all the facilities you need. Yeah, yeah. So they're not imposing, they're not made to make you feel small. The building is made to be welcoming and calming and and yeah. and so so the all these institutions in Westminster get rid of them just yeah, honestly get rid of them. I would say yeah. that building the Houses of Parliament sell it off as a hotel complex yeah. or a tourist yeah, attraction exactly yeah get rid go of and it. build a proper modern um, Parliament move, somewhere else maybe maybe in the government. middle maybe in the middle of the country somewhere not in London like Manchester yeah in Manchester for example uh, make it into a modern a modern parliament with all the facilities. And then on the on the issue of paying politicians, you know, an allowance to have a second home because they have to go to parliament. Well, I'm well, my proposal will be to we'll build a big hotel complex where they can stay yeah. when they're in parliament and there's uh, offices that they can use. You know, everything's provided. We don't need to pay any extra money. You know, that's how I would set it up. Yeah, get rid of that. Cool. Get rid of that tourist attraction in London. We don't need that rubbish. No, I'm just sick of seeing these like backbenchers coming on talk radio and just talking absolute nonsense. There's like there's so many like the and, and this the political careers never end because they end up on like like look at Anne Widdicombe. They always wheel her out, don't oh, they? God. To come and say some shite on Who cares what she thinks. It's like 
Come on, move but she, on. But she's an entertaining. She's an entertaining person. That's what people like about her. You know, she's a personality, and I think politics does create these kind of really interesting personalities. Sometimes that you know you might not like them, but you know they're kind of compelling to watch. And she she might come under that in that category because that's why she gets booked to come on these talk shows. But I'd rather listen to is it Miriam like, Miriam Mar- Margolis? Her name is Mar- Miriam Margolis. Yeah, yeah, she's hilarious. I love that lady. Yeah, I mean, I I I want to see the whole of government collapse. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. I don't know. You heard it first on Gender Nebulous. Like I said before, you know, with climate change and everything, as it's going to get hotter and hotter, nobody's going to be able to live in London. So as the temperatures get hotter, people are going to emigrate further and further north. And before you know it, Scotland is going to be the only place so you're going to be able to live. The big question is then, Frida, when are we moving to Scotland? When are we going to relocate gender nebulous to Scotland? Maybe soon. I'm going to I'm going to claim my castle. <laughs> the campsite you know it definitely feels as though that is on the cards because you know because i'm half canadian i i have today i can admit i have been looking into you know what would it take to move back to canada to canada yeah Aww. no because you know i'm i'm not born canadian i'm born you know british but because yeah. i lived there for such a long time i was able to apply for canadian citizenship so i'm dual national so I could move back. I could work there. I could live in Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. Um, you know, one of the three big cities. But it's such what a it's such a job? it's such a wrench to move because I've moved so many times. You know, it's so expensive, and you have to find a job. You have to kind of reestablish yourself yet again. Um, but there's so many benefits when it yeah. comes to the political situation and how they treat people like us. And well, you know, was... not just that. There's all kinds of other benefits of, about living in Canada over living in the UK. So I'm I, I'm thinking about it. You know, another option is move to Scotland, which is a lot better than the better than England in a lot of in a lot of senses. Um, you know, so yeah. yeah I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only trans person thinking these things. Well, there was an article. I think it was in Vice about trans women that have, it was yeah are, leave, are leaving the country. Yeah, because leaving the country they, because they, of these they're issues. just sick of sick of it they're just sick of it and uh i think i think the england specifically has just become toxic you know the debate around trans issues is completely toxic now well it's good to see scotland and wales resisting i mean that is good but they they just don't have the power they don't have the devolved power to 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 do it as you know strongly Mm. as they need to yeah that might i mean i I don't know what's going to happen next with the uh where are we up to with the you know the government. Oh, it's going to be it's it. going to be quite amusing when they kind of you know the reason why the UK breaks up is because of the trans issue. I mean that's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, I'm watching that. But but anyway, if it, if it lets me get on telly and make a bit of money talking to idiots on talk radio, yeah. then I'm all for it. <laughs> well, your your friend uh, is it is it Jonah? Jonah, yeah. Oh, don't ignore Jonah. I'm, I'm Norwegian. Might move there and become a Viking. Yeah, I mean there's another option. You'd have to go back in time a few <laughs> thousand years, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I I like the th- the reason I I don't really think about movies because I love Manchester so much because all my sort of social and my art stuff and all. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, my family's here. It would be a wrench to have yeah. to move. I don't have to yet, but yeah, you know, I as mean, things deteriorate like this, you do start having these thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it's like any kind of exodus. It's like you know, yeah. there's a what's the where's our promised land? That's what I. Is there a is there a, is there a land of trans people where we can all go and no, actually that would wind me up being around trans women all day. <laughs> Some of the most wind moaning bitches I've ever met in my life. Oh god! <laughs> I want to go to an island that's just full of like, you know. I think we should. I think we runs. should. You know, in the in the remaining few minutes we have, I think we should talk about your most recent appearance on TV. Oh god, yeah. Well, it wasn't too bad. It was with Susan Smith again from Four Women Scotland. Yeah, it so just, it were just it, the, the only motivation for them is that this Four Women Scotland thing. It's just they should really be honest and call the group Anti Trans Scotland because yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. 
But they can't say that because they don't have the courage to say that. And if they did say that, they know that nobody would take them seriously. So, so we we did a your previous um interview with Susan Smith. Well, that interview with Susan Smith, but with Susan Smith with on the same talk TV. Same talk TV thing. We did a reaction video to that. Um I don't think we need to do one for this most recent um No, it was interesting though because because I kind of made the same points, but what was the topic? Was it GRA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but initially the framing of the the discussion was that you know this is going to make it easier for young people to decide to be trans. You know the typical kind of nonsense. And uh, the presenter Ian Collins. I mean, he's he's just a bit of a robot, really. He doesn't. He he'll just re he'll just read the script. But I kind of he he understood that I was. He coming... was. He seemed to be really giving you some proper support in that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he well, he realised the way that Susan Smith was. She was just saying because I interrupted her and and the, and she was upset about that. She said, "See, yeah, that's yeah, very that. that that's very male behaviour." <laughs> you always do. You did that last time. You always do that. If you didn't say such bullshit stuff, Susan, you wouldn't need to. <laughs> oh, I've just found out Roger's not been watching all my media appearances. Oh, my very word. disappointed, Come on, Roger. <laughs> so if you want to see that one it's actually on frida's youtube channel yeah but you what's know what what's your youtube channel called just Fr miss frida, miss frida wallace. wallace yeah so it's on there if you want to go watch it but but it's actually i, I looked for it actually the other day because i wanted to post it again and and i noticed it was also on the four women scotland youtube oh, roger roger is saying he's not had internet service so maybe that's the reason well that's any any old any excuse, excuse yeah. but but um, yeah, so the poor women in Scotland have put it on their page. I'm thinking, well, and and it's obvious she failed there. Yeah, they're trying to and... they're trying to put it out as though as a, a Susan victory, but it it yeah, certainly this... was not a Susan victory. Yeah. She went whenever she can't come up with an answer, she just starts this kind of weird giggling thing. A lot like... of these, a lot of the, a lot of the turfs and the GC people, they talk about winning, don't they? A lot. They talk, oh, we're going to win this battle, or, or you know. Yeah. And I've seen Graham Linehan say that this is the year we win. And, the and I just think, what is it you? What is it you want to win? You know, you're like you're gonna, you'll run out of energy before the world runs out of trans people. You know, young people aren't listening to you. Exactly. They're going. They're on TikTok. And they'll all be. They'll all have died off by them. Yeah, they're watching TikTok and they're looking at Kim Petrus and Sam Smith. Yeah, exactly. That's what young people. That's exactly, what young, that's what young people, people are doing. Do. Yeah, they're not yeah, listening they're not to. They're not listening to Susan Smith of. Uh... So 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 you know like when I when I go on these things and I and I and I write the stuff that I write about her, so I think I'm just wasting my time really, because really it's not. I think it's the the next generation of people that will change this. You know, we're we're entrenched in it at the moment. We're too close to the to the coal face to make to have a realistic well, I am anyway. I can't I can't, you know, I, I it's kind of consumed me recently. Well, you've done quite a few. This is I think that was your fifth appearance, wasn't it, on TV recently? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've done quite a lot. I mean I, you know, we've we've talked we've spoken about this and we've spoken about how stressful it is going on there. Um but really, yeah, I you mean, are if... you are actually right on the coal face of getting the hatred and you know Graham mm. Linehan's posting unpleasant things about you. Um, that's not for everybody. Not everybody who's trans could no, do that, I... or would want to do that, or would no, but have, I, I... Ha have the spoons to do it, as they say. You know. Well, I'm like I'm a bit like my friend Jonah here in the chat that we we go in for it. We see because we like we like a good argument. So yeah, I I bait I bait that kind of I can I can never say seriously. Well, you've got oh, if I, you're going to do it, you've got to be able to handle the experience. Haven't you? You've got to be able to handle the reaction you're yeah, going to get. That's what you've I'm got saying. Got to be super confident uh, in in yeah. where you stand. Yeah, I'm saying that I can't complain ever and say, "Oh my God, this person's saying this about me," because really realistically i put myself in the way of it mm. and and and, yeah. and and there are cases where i have had you know private messages that have just been abhorrent and uh that's different but if i'm actually having a dis if i'm going to someone like say i'll i'll comment on glenna graham linehan i know what i'm getting myself into there i know i know that i know the game 
but it's a game that, that I don't it doesn't it doesn't negatively affect me that because I don't take him seriously. Yeah. It's when people, you know, try and you know, try and like like what happened to me recently where people are trying to use pictures of me against me and things like that. That because that's just really petty and it's like it's it, it just it's kind of a control thing that they want. But they can't, you know, they'll never be able to affect me in that, in a, I don't think, I I don't think that being online is, I've I've had more benefits from being on Twitter. I've met more nice people. I've I've had much better relationships with people because of it. So in terms of a balance, because a lot of people say, oh, stay off Twitter, stop doing that. My mum says that a lot. He says, oh, stay off the internet, you'll be fine. I mean, you think about uh, if you if you and I weren't on Twitter, we probably wouldn't be doing Gender Nebulous together, would we? Well, there's that. See, you know, so whether <laughs> that's that a, a benefit, thing? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I love doing this. I just yeah. uh, hope we get more people watching because it's kind of. Like so we do have uh, some exciting news, don't we, coming up um, Saturday afternoon, for example. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be, be dancing with BBC Radio Manchester. That's it. Yeah. We're getting our podcast featured on the. It's called the Upload Show. Yeah, I'm not quite sure fe- what the Upload Show is. I never. Don't think I've ever listened to it. Maybe I should. It's it's David Scott's show on BBC Radio Manchester on Saturdays, and he just he'll just have like a local artist on, or sort of content creator. He had a he's had poets on, and he's had like bands on before. It's just whatever of people send him really so is he is he so it, is he ready for gender nebulous this is the question yeah yeah well right. we don't know yet i've not spoke to him yet <laughs> <laughs> so we go what time for, are we going to be on half six is it saturday something like that yeah, yeah. they said they said they'd give us a call about half yes. six right. so that should be fun and then sunday morning yeah. we're doing um we'll have to be on our best behavior for the bbc will. yes yeah. and sunday morning we're doing a podcast with uh kirsty miller yeah. The Australian sports person I'm talking about off. transgender inclusion in sports, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, she knows it's not going to be live, but it will. I'll put it, I'll try and get it out later on Sunday sometime or, or next week sometime. But that, yeah, yeah that's that should be interesting. Yeah, that's got, to that's we... to counteract all the stuff that was in the Sharon Davis TV thing that you did. I know, and I, I didn't even get to speak to her after all. Well, I mean, Kirsty saw it, and she was like, "Right, I'm coming on. We're going to talk about this." I said, "Okay, yeah. right." Yeah. But she said I did all right on it because she did. She was she was saying that like the the thing is like when it comes the stat the statistics that Sharon Davis uses are coming from a very specific kind of lobby group, and we know we know who they are. You know, like what they call fair play for women or something. It, all these all these lobby groups against trans are always coming to a point of view of like, well, we're speaking up for women, but really they're not. They don't give a shit about because if they gave a shit about that, they'd be funding grassroots girls' sports, wouldn't they? Don't be wasting the time looking at what I'm what trans women are doing. You look a bit distracted there, Victoria. I was, I was just reading, just reading some of the comments. Um, well, I thought you were watching Coronation Street. Well, well. Uh, Freed is Freed is never off the bloody telly. <laughs> I know. Well, I was supposed to be on with Julia Hartley Brewer the other you day. Were. Yeah, you got. And, uh... I, I, and I got a call from the producer, and he was like, "Yeah, will you be ready at seven o'clock in the morning?" I was like, "Oh, go on then." So I got I got up about half five, six o'clock, got ready for it, did my research. I'm waiting and nobody's calling me. I was like, so I bet she's bet she's bet somebody said, Oh, it's that Frida Wallace that's been on. She was on the other day and she oh, she was on with Ian yeah, Collins so and she she ripped him a new arsehole. I think and Julia then, Hartley <laughs> Brew was probably a bit afraid of having you on. She's scared to death of me, that bitch, I'm telling you. And then uh, Jonas wants to know if we're in the same room, he's confused. No, no, we're in separate uh, Vicky's is I'm somewhere. In, I'm in my house and Freddie's in hers. Yeah, it's all very, it's all technical. It's all very nebulous. Mm. We can get you on, Jonah, if you want. <laughs> you have to sign a disclaimer first, though. Yeah. So, is there anything else we need to talk about? All that stuff about tax was boring, Vicky. God, I was falling asleep here. But you want you wanted gonna... to talk about freedom of expression. So, is there anything you want to say on that? 
before we go? Yeah, just whatever you want to be, just be it. <laughs> I mean, name's Frida. Frida, do what I want any old time. Ah, Frida. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah, see, get it. Do you get it? Frida of expression. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, well, I, I always like, you know, all this legal stuff about your identity and bloody passports, driving licenses, bank statements. It's all just legal. Well, it's legal mumbo jumbo, uh, but it's important. And, but 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 your, your real sense of self doesn't shouldn't really come from that. But, but like I said, when I did get my passport with my picture and it said female, it was like it felt like I, it felt like a, a unlocking a level. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt like yeah. I'd gone to a, and it shouldn't really feel like that, but that's just the world we live in, isn't it? So we it have is. to navigate this stupid world. We do indeed. But um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to tackle subjects from a more sort of spiritual point of view from now on. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, we've got paid. the, we've got the legal one out of the way now, so we can, we can focus well, on more. Kind yeah. Of Cause I'm, I'm a fully paid up believer in gender woo woo. So there you go. Whatever that is, the, yeah, but you know we, that mo. Yeah, can we have a definition, please? Uh, mojo, gender, gender sex mojo. mojo, gender mojo. Yeah, voodoo, okay. voodoo. Yeah. All right, sex, whatever spirit makes you whoever you are. That's the real you. I don't yeah. care. I don't, I don't, if science can't define it, fine. Science needs to do better. <laughs> not, not me. You know what I mean. So <laughs> don't forget to subscribe. There's a subscribe. The subscribe sign. Can I sing, sign. It? Can I sing it? Go ahead. Don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, point you point, right you're pointing the wrong way. But God. You have to point <laughs> this way because the sign is here. See how my hand disappears there. That's the, the wonders of technology. Yeah. Right. We're going to so, say goodbye now yes, because we're going to say goodbye. Um, We've run over. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the posts. Yeah. Sarah says, I like the way they vanish in the end, leaving just the starry background. Yes, that's what we're about to do. <laughs> so I guess we'll be back on Sunday for our next amazing show. Well, I say amazing, uh, but you know. Well, you know, we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our best. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye.